Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John <laughs> Coleman. Dio, what is poppin'? It is the week after Thanksgiving, oh, it is yeah. holiday season, fall weather, football's coming to an end. Thank God. My UCF Knights barely snuck by the 1-10 in 10 University of West Central Florida Bulls. Oh, snap. Matt Grothy. Shout out Matt Grothy. Yeah, did you say? Did you and Grothy used to hang out? No, we didn't, but I just remember they were ranked number one in the country for number like Number two. They never they got to number never one? Never got to one. They, they were got ranked to number, number two, two in the country for like 16 minutes, and it was like a big deal. Yeah, funny thing about Matt Grothy is that uh, he's a little bit infamous now that yeah. The UCF fan base somehow let out his personal phone number. Mm, that'll happen. During rivalry week. Smart. Yes, but I was losing my shit. We are up at this house in northern Georgia. You might as well have been like southern South Carolina, northern Georgia, because it was the last county before you got to the border. Mm -hmm. uh, Rabin County, Clayton, Georgia. Beautiful up there, by the way. Did some hiking, hung out with my wife's family. Word. The weather was beautiful. But we're down in the basement. That's what's cool about these northern they states. Have they have basements. Base, right. We're down in the basement. I had the game on. Her cousin's a huge Notre Dame fan. So I took the TV from the bedroom and I put it out oh, in, yeah. in the basement as well. Dual screen. So, yep, we had the USC Notre Dame game on. We had the UCF USF game on. And the Knights almost vomited it away to a 1 in 10 team. Now, a 1 in 10 team that. The University of Florida only beat by three. That University yeah. of Cincinnati only beat by three. So they are probably a better program than what their record, record shows. shows. But yeah. just know that in front of my wife, my niece, my nephew, actually it's her niece and nephew, my father-in-law, I allegedly threw two remote controls that night watching that football game. That happens, man, you know, because you're a passionate UCF fan. I'm a passionate person. I would describe myself as being passionate. Would you not? Yeah. I'm yeah. very even keel. Yeah, I've never seen you get excited nor totally angry. Because mm -mm, I've learned it just doesn't, it's not good for your body. Are you a Buddhist? I'm not, but I agree with some of their like ideologies and stuff. Yeah, so that's going to be the encouragement. Dio 2023 oh, is yeah. going to, yeah, right. I'm going to flex into Buddhism a little bit. Yeah, right. I'm gonna, I'll pay to see that shit. Yeah, no, it was some encouragement by my wife and, and her cousin. What did, she, what did they say? Look, when you? you're stuck in the car for 10 and a half hours with somebody because traffic sucks. Fly. Like, sucks terribly. Mm -hmm. An eight-hour eight drive becomes a ten-and-a-half-hour drive. You talk about a lot of things. You get to know each other. You get to know the other I mean, person. I should know my wife after, like, 30 years, but yes. You think. Um, right. And I've known her cousin for at so, least 20 of those 30 years. Because of, because of UCF Knights and their struggle at football, they said maybe you should adopt Buddhism as... Anyone who watches me uh, cheer on or root for something that I want to have happen right. I and guess it not go my fair. way. Yeah, that's right. That's anything. Then I'm a very passionate person that passion spoils over. Yeah. I'm the person, John, who has written on my on my desk, there's a post-it note. Mm -hmm. And it says, when I get angry, I lose. Because when things don't go my way or when things frustrate me, I show that frustration or sometimes that fear mm -hmm. with anger. Mm-hmm. Now, to my cousin's point, he's like, Dustin, the best part of it is short-lived. I'm like, you were correct. Yes. Like a firecracker. Yep. It is short-lived. Yep. What happened? Oh, it's over. But like anyone who's ever held a firecracker. That shit stings and it hurts. It stings and it hurts that yeah. time. So, yeah. So, we're going to try to lean into okay. some Buddhism. So, nice. Yes. Challenge be more like JC. That's, that's going to be a lifetime. And a return JC. Yeah. Be more like Dio. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes. That ship has sailed so long ago. We're going to find it. We're going to find uh, that spark. Uh, okay. We're going to find that new new, new year, new, new you. Stop with that weak shit. That's what the weak people say to give them. They just move the goalposts. I'm going to start working out just January 1st. Well, I think you start by reading Atomic Habits and realize that... Bro, if he isn't cutting you checks by now, he needs to be. No, he needs to come on the show. Anyone who knows James <laughs> Clear, I need James next time he's in Orlando, Florida. To come on the show. Hit me up. Yeah. You know, like, if we actually had the vision already built out where mm-hmm. we have, like, talent scouts and business managers... In a studio. And an actual yeah, studio. Yeah, then, things. yes, we would have someone reach out to James Clear, like, hey... I'm Dio and JC's people. I want to talk to your people and let's connect it. As, I do want to get him on the I show. I do want to do it. It'll an be great because we get solicited emails like that and we laugh at them. So it'll be interesting when we send that to other people and they laugh at us. But it won't. It won't happen. We don't laugh at all of them. We've had plenty of people reach out to us who yeah. ended up on the show. That's true. And we've also had some people reach out to us and we're like, well, not yet. Oh, I have. Then then there's a whole other subset of people that you don't even know about that have reached out. Oh, they don't make it past no, they the don't gatekeeper even make, yeah, called JC. Yeah, they don't make it past this. All right, very good. Yeah. Okay, but we've rattled enough. Today's episode. Today's episode is going to lean into the overall theme probably as we go into 2023. Okay. And I know you don't like this whole new year, new me. I do. But there is something to be said about putting a, a end mm-hmm. to one year and opening up the chapter to a new year, right? There's a, there's something to be said about looking back on everything that went well and showing gratitude towards it, but then also planning for the years to come. Mm-hmm. And today's episode is actually inspired by my sister, Shout, by Melissa. Shout out Melissa. Who is not a mortgage lender, who is not a realtor, but she owns her own business mm. and she's really good at it. But like anyone else who owns their own business, like she didn't go to school for business, right? She went to school for elementary education. Then, then she did a, advanced schooling for um, working in non-for-profits, doing behavioral analysis for for people who need help with behavioral issues. Uh-huh. Usually, they were teens. A lot of times, it was the foster system. And then she really found her niche in life and in business learning how to work with the various medical providers, the insurance companies or Medicaid and Medicare in order for people who have a need for types of services to get those services covered mm-hmm. by Medicaid, Medicare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, United, et cetera, et cetera. Right. right? So that's her business. But her background was in counseling. Her background was in education. Mm-hmm. Her background was not in business. So like any other business operator, she's like, hey, I need to close out 2022, I need to get ready for 2023, and more importantly, 2025, 2025, 2027, and 2030. Because in 2030, maybe her idea is, how do I exit? Mm. In 2027, it may be, how do I level up? In 2025, that may be where she peaks. But we have to worry about, how do I get there? And it all starts in 2023. Mm. So she and I are going to meet up on Friday, go to Fuji Sushi. Shout out to Fuji. Mm. Uh, We're going to break bread, and we're going to talk shop. But before we do so, I have questions for her, right? Because the one thing that I have been able to do is run successful businesses. And I did not go to school for that. Mm-hmm. I went to school for advertising and public relations. And my background was a mortgage loan originator. But along with two partners, I've learned a lot about growing and scaling businesses because we've been able to take our one location 14 years ago from being just the three of us and one mortgage processor, one assistant, to today we're 11 plus branches, 150 plus associates, and thousands of mistakes made. Yeah. 
and a few home runs hit along the way. Mm -hmm. And I now feel comfortable sitting down with other entrepreneurs and talking shop. I'm comfortable sitting down with CEOs and talking shop or CMOs, even CFOs. I know more about accounting than most accounting majors, but not more than a CPA. Right. I could probably hold my own with a CPA only because for 14 years, every single month, I've had to get on phone calls with CFOs and controllers and CPAs to discuss financial statements, typically of seven to 11 stores or branch locations, okay? So that's just a little bit of backdrop of today's topic, the motivation behind it, and then I also like to know as a listener, what type of experience does the speaker or presenter have? And right. that's gonna give you a little bit of backdrop. Okay. All right, so fast forward to uh, today's Monday. This will air on tomorrow. Tuesday, <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. and I'm meeting with my sister on Friday. Okay. Before we meet, there's a couple of things I want her to do. And this exercise, I've actually written it out, John, on a piece of paper with a black sharpie. I know, my, my, the amount of preparation for this is mind boggling. And I'm gonna hold it up right now for the camera if you're tuned in on YouTube. Yeah. If you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you find podcasts, thank you. Thanks. Check out our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We're pretty close to 12K. Yep. Our goal is to get that to 30K by yep. the end of next year, yeah. and eventually 100K uh -oh. by the end of 2025. Word. Okay. But John's going to actually make this look pretty, yep. and he's going to get up on our website, uh -huh. which is tloponline.com, T-L-O-P, online.com, or theloanofficerpodcast.com. Yeah. So I have already scanned this and I've already turned it into a PDF and I'm going to send it to my sister. And what I'm going to ask her to do, and I'm going to try to paint this visual using my words in case you couldn't see it because you're not on YouTube. I took out a white piece of paper and with black Sharpie, not even like geometric, geometrically um, mirroring <laughs> each other, I basically wrote, did a cross a line down the middle of the page, a line across the middle of the page to make four quadrants. So imagine you're staring at a piece of paper with four quadrants. Mm -hmm. In the upper left-hand side of the quadrant, I wrote, I'm good, I like. So if you're playing along at home, get out a piece of paper, right? Draw a line down the middle, going vertically. Draw another line going across the middle horizontally. Mm -hmm. That's gonna make your four quadrants. In the upper left-hand side of the quadrant, write, I'm good, I like. On the upper right-hand side of the quadrant, write, I'm good, I don't like. On the lower end of the quadrant, I want you to write, I'm not good, I like. That is lower left. Mm -hmm. On the lower right, I want you to write, I'm not good, I don't like. So this is something I'm gonna ask my sister to do prior to us meeting. Why are we meeting? We're doing a business consultation, right? She has a very successful business, but like any business, there's room for improvement. Just like in any one of our personal lives, there's mm -hmm. always room for improvement. Good enough never is. Right, John? Yes, sir. That's what you get. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, God. I just got like I was John Sr. And you're yes, like, sir. Dad yeah, is yeah, lecturing yeah, me yes, again. Yes, At what sir. point did you tune me out? <laughs> no, I did it. I've been listening the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, it's, it's I'm not good. I don't like. And then what I'm going to ask for her to do is look at her week, look at her month, look at each quarter. Right, a, a day in the life, a month in the life, a quarter in the life of Melissa Owen, who is the owner of this business, XYZ business. Mm -hmm. It could be loan officer, it could be credentialing, which is by the way, her business. It could be realtor, 
It could be financial advisor, life insurance, sales. It could be food truck, right? It could be a multitude of different businesses. But what are you good at doing and what do you like doing? And then just start inserting the task that you complete or fulfill on the daily, on the weekly, on the monthly. Is there a certain number that people should try to aim for in each quadrant as many as you can? As many as you can, but like minimum of three. Okay. I wouldn't go more than seven. Right. Right? Like three to five typically. Like oh. the big things. Okay. The big things. Okay. You know, changing out the toilet paper doesn't need to be on there. Right, right. Right? You could generically say order supplies. Right. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So we're thinking more macro, less micro. Okay. All right. Same thing goes. So then you're going to sit down and list. If I was a loan officer, I'd say things I'm good at and I like doing. Borrower consultations. That's what I love doing. I love talking to clients about their, their finances. I love answering their questions about home, about, about home purchasing as well as about qualifying for, for a home loan. Mm -hmm. That's what I really like doing. I'm good, I don't like. So these are things on the top right quadrant. So I, I want people to write down, you're good at it, but you just don't like doing it. For me, I'm gonna speak as a loan officer because that was the profession and the career I know the most about. I'm sure I could do it as a podcast host, <laughs> and I'm sure as heck I know I could do it as a real estate investor. Right. But even as a branch manager, right? Mm -hmm. I could I could go through various hats that I've worn or currently mm -hmm. wear. I'm doing this as a loan officer because at the end of the day, it is called a loan officer podcast because that's where I started my career. Mm -hmm. Actually, I started my career in television advertising in Atlanta, Georgia in 2001. Damn. But I've been in the LO business since 2004. Mm -hmm. So I would write here, if I'm an LO, I'm good, I don't like. Calculating self-employed income. Mm -hmm. Just calculating income in general. I'm really good at it. I used to be great at it. But like anything, I quit practicing mm -hmm. as Kevin Murphy took over the book of business, as Kevin became the expert, then just because I didn't practice it, I started to lose a lot of that skill set. Mm -hmm. But that was something that I knew early on. I'm good. I can teach and train it all day long, but I don't like doing it. So the minute I can offload that onto another team member, I'm going to. So then I come down to I'm not good but I like doing. I'm not good, but I like doing. For me, let's say it was hiring and interviewing people. I'm not good at it, but man, do I like doing it. So I wanna know, when I look at my daily, my weekly, my monthly, I wanna know what are some things that I have to accomplish in order to run my company, run my business. Again, you could be a solopreneur, you could be a business owner who has 100 plus associates. There are things that you currently do that you're not good at, but you like doing. We want to know what they are. And then on the right-hand side, I'm not good, I don't like. Mm -hmm. So these are things that, look, they, they fall on your plate. They're part of your job description, or somebody has to do them. But you don't like doing it, and you're not good at doing it. So a great exercise as we start planning for next year, three years from now, five years from now, seven years from now, is you should do this exercise every single year as a part of your business mm -hmm. planning. And look, we're still gonna do a business planning episode. Okay, now our next episode is gonna have a special guest. Leslie Heimer is gonna come in. She's amazing. She's super funny, very witty, successful realtor, successful mortgage loan originator, successful businesswoman, successful marketing Damn. expert. Mm -hmm. Like this lady is, is well-rounded. I'm super stoked to have her come in. So as long as she doesn't cancel on, on us and nothing comes up, right. we're going to record that episode on Wednesday, drop it on Friday. But the next episode after Leslie, I promised and teased that we would do one on business planning. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be the culmination of like a three-part series. 
right? We did the last episode, which is preparing for the end. Of the year. Of the year. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do this episode, mm -hmm. and then we're going to come in and really kind of geek out on business gotcha. planning and let them all lead up to each other. All right. So this exercise that my sister is going to do is going to let her know where she's going to focus her time next year. All right. So the first thing I need her to do is look in that right bottom quadrant. I'm not good. I don't like. Cool. Then quit effing doing it. You, is it a hard stop? Is it really just like stop? Or are you kind of like wean yourself off kind of? If you're me, it's a hard stop. Stop doing it. Like, I'm an all or nothing person in general. And for the most part, it tends to work out for me. Sometimes it annoys the people around me. <laughs> but, like, I didn't wean myself off, off of tobacco. I just stopped. Right? Like, I didn't slowly tiptoe into exercise. I just started doing it and I did it daily. Mm -hmm. Now, I slowly got into Ironman training. Right. Because three years ago, I couldn't even run five minutes without stopping. But it didn't mean I didn't run. It just meant I ran a minute, walked a minute, ran a minute, walked a minute. So I'm a firm believer that as quick as you can stop doing it, the quicker you can start focusing on things that are going to help make your business more successful. So but it doesn't mean they don't have to get done. Someone has to do it. It just doesn't have to be you. Right. This is something that you look to delegate. Now, if you're a solopreneur, then you will have to look to offload it maybe to someone who's like a virtual assistant that can do that task at 80% as good as you can do it. And you can do it for three or five bucks an hour because maybe that person's in the Philippines or they're in Nicaragua. By the way, if you don't know what a virtual assistant is, you may want to look into that, right? Google virtual assistants. There are companies that are American companies that do a lot of the sourcing of the talent on your behalf. And then you can outsource mm -hmm. it to someone else, right? I mean, I know Neil teaches that on his content creation, mm -hmm. right? He teaches video editing. Don't try to do it yourself. You're not a video editor, mm -hmm. right? Like you're a mortgage professional, a real estate professional, or a life insurance salesperson. What you need to do is, is look to delegate it or offload it. Right. Now, if you have other associates or team members, then you obviously rework their job description and now they do it. And then you can come back and inspect what you expect. Or if you have the ability, you go out and hire someone to do that. Maybe it's, it's an insure person, a full-time associate, but you're going to hire them to do it. Right. But you look to stop doing the things that you're not good at and you don't like doing it. So does that mean if I fast forward, I can just only focus on the things I like and I'm good at? That's the pinnacle. Okay. Right. That is the pinnacle, John. Your goal should be, in three, five, or seven years, you only get to do the I'm good and I like. But it's not going to happen overnight. Just like, again, people who've been listening to the show, I talk about the Ironman I ran last month. I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to go compete in a half Ironman. It was a culmination that started back in September of 2019 that led me to sign up for the race in March of 2022 and then actually compete in it in October of 2022. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the next quadrant. I'm not good. I like. Here's what I've learned in life. If you like doing something, you're willing to work at it. Right? That's the first thing I do. Do you like doing it? Now, in a perfect world, you're naturally good at it and you like it. Because mm -hmm. that's where you're going to focus all your time, effort, and energy are things that you're just naturally good at and you like doing. And by the way, they tend to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. If you're naturally good at it, you're probably going to like it. Because if you're naturally good at it, that means you excel 
which means you're recognized as someone who is better than most, that makes you feel good. That strokes the little ego you have, which means you're like doing it. But if, if you're not good and you don't like, that is something that you're going to want to put in a plan to say, well, what do I have to do to get good at it? Right? How can I take the time that I was spending on the things that you're not good at and I don't like doing? When you, when you free up time by offloading that to someone else, again, it could be a virtual assistant, it could be a current team member, or it could be someone you have to go out and hire, mm -hmm. then you can focus on the things that you're not good at but you like doing. Because if you like doing it, you'll be willing to put in the work. That's what you called rot before return on time? Ooh, we're going to get into rot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I jumped yeah. the gun. Roy and rot. I like how you did that. Roy and rot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to talk about Roy and rot next. Okay. Um, and Because, yeah, your return on time definitely has to be considered in everything that you're doing. But that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be step two. Okay. What I want people to understand is, well, well, why am I focused on the things I'm not good at and I like doing? Because... These are things, if you like doing it, if you're not good at, what can you become good at to make yourself more valuable? And then we will talk about what type of ROI do those things have or what type of ROT do those, do those, thing, do those things have. Because just because you like doing it doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah. Like that, that is something that we're going to have to discuss. But I'll finish the quadrants and then we can move on to that. Okay. So the top right quadrant, I'm good, I don't like. Just word to the wise, you may still be doing these things for another 12, 18, or 24 months. At the end of the day, you're good at it. So you just have to suck it up, buttercup, mm -hmm. and get it done. Ultimately, you want to find someone, because you're good at it, you should be able to train someone to be just as good as you. And you will want to train someone up to take care of those tasks, 100%. But that's not the first or the second step. The first step was to figure out what you're not good at and you don't like doing and stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Take that time that you just freed up and then dedicate that time to figuring out the things that you're good and you, you're not good, mm -hmm. but you like doing and, and put together a plan to get good at doing those things. Yep. At the same time, once you start getting good at the things that you weren't good at, but you liked doing, I want you to focus on that top right quadrant. I'm good. I don't like now you need to train your replacement. Mm -hmm. Train your replacement for, for those things. Look, at the end of the day, that bottom right quadrant of I'm not good, I don't like, there's not a whole lot of training you can do because you aren't good at it. Yeah. So that just needs to be things that you can just offload. And these are conversations that I've had with people in the past. Hey, John, you're a smart dude. I'm a smart dude. You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. One of us has to figure this out. Yeah. And that person's not me. Yeah. So I'm going to trust and empower John, the person that I have employed, to take care of those things that I'm not good at, I don't like. And John needs to understand that there's not a whole lot I can do to train him or teach him because I was never good at it myself. Mm -hmm. I can encourage John to get outside training or, or to be resourceful. I can support him when he wants to, to seek coaching or mentorship from someone who was actually good at it or read a book or attend a core, a class or a conference. But John needs to know, and I need to know, these things have to get done. It ain't going to be me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be the person who teaches you or shows you how to do it. I'm going to empower you to build the systems and processes that are going to work best for you in hopes that they're scalable down, down the line. I'm going to take that time. I'm going to dedicate it to the things I wasn't good at, but I like doing. And I'm going to put together a plan so that I get good so now I have more things that I'm good at and I like doing. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving the I'm good at I like doing now list alone. Before I touch the I'm good I like, 
columns, I'm going to go focus on I'm good, I don't like, because this is where you can hire someone in and train them up. You have that skill set. You're already good at that task. You just don't like doing it. Cool. Do it for another six, eight, nine, 12 weeks, however long it takes to properly train and onboard someone to do those tasks as good as you did, if not better. I have found I can have someone do it better because hopefully they do like it. Mm -hmm. So where I couldn't hold myself accountable because I didn't like doing it, even though I was good at it, I can hold someone else more accountable than I could hold myself accountable. So these things that I was already good at and I don't like doing, if I find the right person, I put them in that role, I train and teach them, and then I hold them accountable and I inspect what I expect, all of a sudden they're doing those tasks that I don't like doing better than I did. Mm-hmm. Right? That is crucial for growth. That is crucial for scaling because you have just taken something off of your plate that you didn't like doing, put someone else in that role and they do it better than you. Mm-hmm. And you already did it good. Now, John, let's talk about Roy and Rot. Yes. And Rot's a good thing, mm-hmm. by the way as long as you understand it. I'm now gonna focus on the things that I'm good at and I like doing. Because there's already the, the, the list of three to five that I, I started with. Mm-hmm. Now there's also a, an additional two or three that I've added because I took the time that I freed up from the column of I, I'm not good, I don't like. I took that time, mm-hmm. I put that time towards getting good at the things I liked doing but I wasn't good at. So now I have this list of five, six, maybe even nine items. Mm-hmm. I like doing them and I'm good at them. Oh. Now I need you, the business operator, the business owner, to start studying which are the most profitable. Because that is something I find many entrepreneurs, many self-employed, 100% commission mm-hmm. type people, business operators or business owners, where they fail is they spend a ton of time doing things they're good at and they like doing that do not make the phone ring, that do not drive sales, that does not add to the bottom line. And you have to understand that when you're the business owner and you're the business operator, you are the center of culture, you are the de facto leader, you are the visionary, you are the thought provocateur, and you need to be focused on the things that are gonna drive your culture, drive your sales, and grow your company. So you have to do an analysis. What's my return on investment? So investment would be cash spent. When I spend this much money on these tasks, how much revenue am I producing? That's pretty simple. We're all taught that at a very basic level. Again, going back to the lemonade stand, Mm -hmm. right? We we did a whole episode on running your your life like like a lemonade stand. We teach that to kids in VPK and kindergarten return on investment. What we don't do enough is return on time. That's rot, as you call it. What is your return on your time? Meaning, how much time are you dedicating and what is your end result? If I spend 30 hours of my 48-hour work week, by the way, if I'm a 100% commissioned salesperson, if I'm a business owner and entrepreneur, I'm more than likely putting in 48 hours a week. Those are part-time hours you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I, I really am. I'm now it's not like as a consistent, oh, you're going to work, you know, nine and a half hours. No, it's I may work seven hours on Tuesday, but that's going to work 13 on Monday. I may work eight hours on Wednesday, but I had to put in three hours on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's not every Saturday and Sunday you're working, but anyone who's running a business who's 100% commission, you should be putting in somewhere around 45 to 48 hours a week. 
All right. Um, but your return on time, if you're if 30 hours was of your 48 was being spent on something that produces negligible revenue, I don't care that you're good at it. And I don't care that you like it. You got to say bye to it because you're running a business and you're wasting time not bringing in revenue. So like something I'm going to ask my sister to do is not only is she going to fill out this quadrant, which by the way, she gets to fill out the ugly one before John <laughs> makes it pretty and puts it up on the loanofficerpodcast.com. By the way, it'll be under sales tools. When you go to the website, especially if you're a first time user, you're going to see that there's like five or six different tabs. Some of those tabs are going to be restricted from until you become a premium member. Other tabs are wide are open. open. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be under sales tools. Um, what do you call it? Trackers, mm -hmm. guides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've been under like trackers and guides is where you'll find it because yep. there's a ton of videos. There's additional training videos. So it won't be under the video section. It will be under the, the trackers and guides section. Mm -hmm. But after she fills out this grotesque one that I wrote on with a sharpie on a piece of blank paper, then I'm going to have her actually you know write down mm -hmm. where are her biggest lead sources? Where's her most revenue coming from? Cause she has to know that and, I, and maybe she knows it and it'll be a very simple exercise. Maybe she's never done an exercise like that. It's going to be a very eye opening experience, but she's going to have to figure out where are you spending most of your time and how much money are, are, are you making there? So like she may say, I spend 30 hours a week giving out free advice in Facebook groups. Cause by the way, she does like what a phenomenal way for her to grow her business. She is known throughout the United States of America as a subject matter expert for credentialing. Mm -hmm. She grew her following by being a contributor to Facebook groups mm -hmm. for people who own their own, usually practice, and they're in some kind of a mental health practice, and they're trying to attract more clients. In order to attract more clients, you need to accept more types of payment, more types of insurance. In order to accept certain types of payments or insurance, you have to be credentialed with those organizations. That's a cumbersome process. That's my sister's business. So she may say I spend 30 hours a week there. Then I'm gonna ask her how much business comes from there and then what's your average ticket item? And are you the person who needs to be doing that? Or is there someone that you can split that time up with? Because she may find out through this exercise that she makes the most money teaching. She may say, when I teach a class, I collect $1,500. Mm -hmm. My next question would be, how many classes a week or a month do you teach? And she says, I'm only teaching one a month. And then I'm going to say, how long does it take you to teach the class? Each class is two hours. My next question is, if you're doing one a month, why are you not doing one a week? If you're doing one a week, why are you not doing two a week? Because this is something that's taking you two hours to make $1,500. And then how can we expand that? If you're doing them live, could you not do them recorded? Could you not do them Zoom or, or some kind of a webinar? Right, so these are things as a business operator we're gonna have to think through. Because just because you're good at it and you like doing it doesn't mean you need to be focused on doing a lot of it if it's not doing its intended purpose, which is driving revenue into your, into your business. Mm. So I think we ought to be very cognizant on the money we're spending and what we're getting in return, that's ROI, return on investment, as well as ROT, how much time are you spending and what's your return on this? What would you say in your opinion is, should be, is more important return ROI or ROT, if there is such a way to? I think the, the, the algorithm needs to include both. Because look, 
I can go spend $1,000 a month co-branded marketing with two realtors on Zillow leads. And if I never have to do anything, but I'm closing three loans a month from those Zillow leads, my ROT is negligible, mm -hmm. but my ROI is still $1,000 a month. So I, I have to factor that in. Now, now if it's just a thousand bucks a month and I'm getting two closings, I'm like, yeah, it's a great ROI. But if it's a thousand dollars a month and it's 10 hours a week of me making cold calls, oh, wait a minute. Now, all of a sudden, that's a bad choice. So it can't be just about ROI and it can't just be about ROT. So I'm speaking to my loan officers right now or anyone who can purchase leads, right? Realtors mm. can purchase leads and life insurance salespeople and financial advisors, like many businesses can, can purchase leads. If all I have to do is just spend money and the phone rings, that's a very easy ROI calculation. But if I have to spend money, get the leads, then work the leads, now it's an ROI plus ROT formula. If I don't spend any money, but I have to work the leads, it's still an ROT. There's still a return on my time. Because what if I was any type of salesperson, entrepreneur who was purchasing leads, and I knew I had to, sp to spend 10 hours a week to convert one of those leads into a, into a sale. I have to then figure out where else could I be spending 10 hours? Because what if I spent 10 hours a week getting one-on-one, -on -one, belly to belly, face to face with other business owners who could refer me business? And if they could refer me business, how consistently could they refer me? And what would my closing ratio be on that? Mm -hmm. Because getting all of these leads for free, but then having to dedicate 10 hours to work them still might not be worth my time. And too many of us just get called up and, oh my God, I have a ton of leads. I need to work the leads. I'm like, but is it worth your time? Or while well, I'm spending this money and I'm, and I'm closing X amount of business, I'm like, but you're spending this money plus the mm -hmm. time. Because my counter to that would be, if you're spending money and time, could you spend half the money and half the time to get the same result? My example would be, I'm gonna use loan officers for this. I am spending $1,000 a month on, on leads and I'm working 10 hours a week to work those leads. I'm like, what if you spent 250 bucks a month on lunches and those lunches were 20 hours a month instead of 40 hours a month. And although you got less leads, your conversion ratio went from 3% to 20% to where you actually closed the same amount of business. Hmm. Well, anytime that I could spend a quarter of the, of the marketing dollars and half the time to make the same money, that's the best business decision. So then I can ask myself, what else could I do with the rest of that money? What else could I do with those extra hours? And now all of a sudden you can see how it's very easy to level up any business, but we first have to factor in what's my return on time, what's my return on investment, understanding that very, not rarely, rarely is a strong word, but you will have to run an ROI, an ROT, and in many instances, it's gonna be a combo of ROI and ROT. How much money's being spent, how much time is being spent, and is this the highest and best use of my dollar? Is this the highest and best use of my time? And then how does it fit into I'm good at and I like doing? 
It's a culmination of this is where I'm going to start. And I think that's what I want this episode to be. Where do I start? This is the starting point. Start here. And then over the next 6, 12, 18 months, work on it. And do this exercise every six months, at least every year. But you could probably do it every six months. This is the same exercise I have loan officers do who are thinking about hiring an assistant. Hey, Dio, I need an assistant. Uh, 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 before. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Why do you need an assistant? What's this assistant going to do for you? Mm-hmm. And then who's going to hold them accountable? Who's going to train them, develop them? Who's going to inspect what they expect? Do you even know what to expect? Mm-hmm. And is their job every day to come in and do as they're told? Or do they have a decent idea of what their schedule is going to look like? Because, by the way, people love routines. Animals love routines. Children crave routines. We as people, especially business people, but even healthy humans, healthy members of society, we function better on routine. The purpose of this exercise is to find your routine and to help your team members find their routine. Everyone understands what falls in their particular silo. It doesn't mean the silos don't intermix. Please do not think, well, when I was at my uncle's farm up in Des Moines, Iowa, those silos were made of aluminum and they were, you know, walls were three feet uh, thick. Okay, look, there's some crossover in these silos, but we should have our own silo. We need to, we need to stay in our lanes and play it. But as teammates, we need to be able to jump in. This is where I'm starting. Again, if I'm a 100% commission salesperson, I'm a business owner, an entrepreneur, um, I may own a, a business that has 11 locations and 150 associates. I can still do this exercise as a way for me to prep and plan for the years to come. Well said. Yeah, hopefully this was beneficial for people. It was great. Yeah. I, I not bad for a loan officer, huh? Not bad. Not much input for me. You like it that way, don't I you? I do, just like real co- – I, I will say this. I'll close on this. I have learned from the hours and hours and hours I've spent here sitting and listening to what would be sales tactic strategies, and it's opened my eyes to this one thing, that there are a ton of shitty sales associates in every genre, all walks of life. Well, that's Parade's principle, John. Yeah, I know, but like, I wasn't aware of it until you showed me, like, you taught me, like, what salespeople should do and how they should act and, like, follow up with people and, like, talk to their leads. Now I see everywhere I go, I'm like, wow, you're not really doing that. Yeah, the 80-20 rule applies to just about every single thing in life, mm-hmm. right? Like, when it comes to running a business, right, there's a reason why 80% of the revenue is generated by 20% of the companies. Mm-hmm. Right, eighty percent of the sales are done by twenty percent of the of the salespeople. Yes, what we teach is what the twenty percent do. Right, they do some version, some way better than others, but they do some version of this. And this is basic concepts that that will apply to just about every industry, which is the point of this podcast. That's what I'm saying. Everything you should have learned in school but didn't, because they didn't teach this. This is practical appliable knowledge that crosses many genres yeah. of business or sales. Uh, that's what I'm telling uh, In a long roundabout way, I'm saying thank you because I learned things from you by yeah. sitting here. Oh, you think you're very welcome. <laughs> and here's something else to know too. There's nothing wrong if you don't want to do this. There's nothing wrong with being in that 80%. Right? We need good. We need average. That's how we know what great is. We know what great is by looking at average, looking at bad Mm -hmm. 
and and then recognizing, wow, this person or this company mm-hmm. or this branch goes above and beyond. Then when you boil down, why do they go above and beyond? Right. Well, it's because they do things like this. They do business planning. They they care about their culture. They care about sales and training and marketing and development of their people. And in order to do so, they have to sit back and be reflective on the year that was, on things that went well, on things that didn't go bad, or the things that, that did go yeah. bad, what they learned from it. And they also need to put together a game plan so that they have some North Star to follow, some direction, mm-hmm. understanding that not any no game plan goes as predicted as projected, right? I mean, very rarely have I witnessed it go exactly. It's, it's okay. It's understanding it's, it's okay when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's also not letting that derail you for long. Right. But um, I look forward to doing more episodes like this. No, I look forward to this this actual channel and this format. Yeah, I like this. Going national, yeah. right? Expanding. Like our goal, we're setting it out there. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to replace Dave Ramsey and Clark Howard when it's time for them to retire. We don't want to be them. We want to respect them. We want to, we want to pay homage to them. We don't want to be them, but we want to be as recognizable as they are in our culture today. We want to bring value to the people. We want to talk about topics that aren't typically discussed. And we want to break them down at a very basic level to hopefully bring some kind of educational value, some kind of of betterment to individuals' lives, at the same time trying to entertain them. Well said. At the same time. So please continue to like us. Mm -hmm. Continue to share us. That's the best compliment we can receive right now is a like and a share. If you want to connect with with us, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. First name Dustin, last name Owen. Um, we're pretty accessible, both John and I, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Not so much on Facebook. Not that I'm knocking Facebook. It's just a pain in the ass to try pain to work through, the through their messaging system. <laughs> yeah. And we don't always get alerted when there's messages. Uh, li- um, LinkedIn's very easy to, to for, for that purpose, as, as is Instagram. John has a little TikTok channel going. <laughs> If you want to follow us on TikTok, <laughs> knock yourself out. Um, and then there's the website, and obviously there's YouTube, yep. as well as Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. But continue to give us those five-star reviews. Continue to share us, like us. And if there's something that we haven't covered and you would like to hear us cover it, please please hit us up in the YouTube comments mm-hmm. or reach out to us on LinkedIn or go to our website where they can also reach us yep. and um, give us your feedback that way. But until next time. He is John Coleman. I am Dustin Owen. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.